0: Oakwood, glad you are here today as we are going to finish a series we've been in for seven weeks now called American Idols. American Idols. You know, we, we a lot of times we think of an idol, we think of a graven image, we think of a little statue or a little carving made of wood and some kind of image. And, and we look at that, and we say, Oh, there's an idol. That's you know, not something that I struggle with. I don't have those around my house. And, but what we've been talking about for the last several weeks is American Idols. American idols, things that become the main thing in our life that we put before God and they actually become the object of our attention, uh, the object of our affection, sometimes the object of our worship. And so we've been talking about that for several weeks and we're going to end the series today with I think the idol of all idols and this is an idol that is named me, an idol named me. I wonder if you know that the Bible talks more about idolatry and warns more about its effects and its outcomes than any other sin mentioned in Scripture. And I think God knew what He was doing when when He wrote the Bible, obviously, because He knew the, the fact was this, that we become most like what we worship. We become most like what we worship. If we're a huge fan of an activity, let's say I'm a big football fan, uh, and you like a certain sports team, then you start going to the games, and you start buying the get-up, and you start wearing the t-shirts, and your schedule revolves around that, and, 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 and it becomes one of the main things in your life. And, and it's really all about you and what you want and what you desire. And it could be it could be anything. It could be something like a sport. I, I've seen people uh, oftentimes very sports obsessed. But I've also seen people that are obsessed with a hobby or an activity or something they like to do. Some people do it with relationships. They get in a relationship with someone. They said, oh, you know, all my schedule and all my money and all my time and all my efforts, all of this is going to revolve around this certain human relationship that I have. But what we find out is that really, in all of those circumstances, we're being selfish. We've made life and made our decisions based on just me. And I want you to remember what an idol is. And we've talked about it throughout this series. An idol is anything that you set up in your life that comes before God and becomes the object of your worship. When a good thing becomes the main thing, then you've probably set up an idol. And idolatry many, many times, conceals an all-about-me agenda. The most detrimental idol, and perhaps the one sitting behind all of the other idols on the shelf that we've talked about the last several weeks, is this idol called me. And I want you to think about this this morning. Uh, Several weeks ago, we talked about the more idol. And the more idol is really about me because, because I'm wanting to acquire more. I'm wanting to build something for myself and so I just want a little more so it's about my desire for more we talked about an idol several weeks ago called success success is an easy one to see why it's all about me it's about accolades for me it's about thanks for me it's about all of these things pointing to me so that I can feel good about myself so I can have accolades so I can have success in everyone's eyes one, one week we talked about control, and you can see that control idol is really about me as well because it's about me controlling outcomes, controlling circumstances in life so it lines up with my plan for my life and my agenda. We talked just a couple weeks ago about the, the now idol. The now idol is all about me because it's about my timeline and when I want what I want. Last week we talked about the work idol, that, that we can build a kingdom to ourselves through this idol called work. And it's all about me. It doesn't really matter what idol I worship because it really focuses around the fact that it's all about me and it's all about what I want. Which really begs the question this morning, if, if it could really be that way, then why can't you just be God? You just, you just be God. Then you can be the boss. I mean, why couldn't you be the boss? Why can't you set the agenda for your whole life and you be the one that just follows your desires and you become the main thing in your life you see you're already kind of like i'm uncomfortable with that a little bit that sounds really selfish yes it is but that is how so many of us choose to live why can't we be fully in charge of everything in our life we must all admit that we can't be god because we don't have his power we don't have his abilities We don't know what's going to happen in the future. We can't control the circumstances and and outcomes like he can. And there are many people that we could look at in our lives that we have seen them worship the me idol, maybe their whole life. And at some point, I want to stop and I just want to ask them, How did that work out for you? Did you build a kingdom to yourself? And at the end of your life, what was it like? I think that's why you see so many famous celebrities and actors and people that are in rock bands. And and we look at them and say, man, they've got it all. They've got fame. They've got fortune. You know, they've got relationships. They've got whatever they want. And yet they take their life. And they're so empty at the end. Because they built a kingdom to me. And nothing else. And if you think about it this morning, this all goes back To the fall of man. This all goes back to the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve began to worship this idol called me. Do you remember the temptation from Satan? Ultimately, it came down to this Do you want to do what God wants you to do, or do you want to do what you want to do? And they made that choice, and it's been haunting us ever since. Let's look at some scripture about this this morning. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Mark chapter 8. Mark's gospel, it's in the New Testament. Chapter 8, verse 34. Mark chapter 8, verse 34. If you want to just grab the Bible that's there around you, grab that Bible, turn it to page 844, and you'll be at Mark 834 on 844. If you want to follow along in the app, of course, all the Scriptures and all the bullet points and all that will be there for you this morning. But here in Mark 8.34, uh, Jesus is pretty popular. Um, he, he's drawn uh, crowds of people, and He's actually um, a, about to, to uh, explain that He's going to be killed, uh, that He's, he's resurrecting. Um, and this is one of several times where Jesus foreshadows that, um, and, and, and the disciples are asking questions. And you get down to the verse 34, and it says this. It says, And calling the crowd to him, Jesus, he's calling the crowd to him with his disciples. Okay, so you have a crowd of people. We don't know if they're putting their faith in Jesus or if they're just following Jesus because, man, he's popular. and Man, this guy can speak better than anyone I've ever heard speak. And so we really don't know the circumstances exactly. We just know that there's, there's a crowd there. So there's this crowd And the disciples, the Scripture says. So He he calls the crowd and the disciples to Him and He says this, If anyone would come after Me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow Me. If anyone would come after Me. That gives us this idea of pursuit. And what Jesus is, is talking specifically about here is a pursuit out of love and affection. Kind of the pursuit that some of you married people had before you were married. You pursued someone because you thought you loved them so very much. You were falling for them, perhaps. And so, what did that make you do? That made you pursue them. Made you smell good all the time, right, guys? Some of you guys looked in the mirror once a day, maybe you know, maybe twice a day. You know, before the date, you, you took a shower. And you always put on your your best, and you were always well-mannered and you know bodily functions were gone and you were just you were just you were just you know on your best behavior it was great and and that was because you were pursuing them you cared about them you wanted to win them over and that's what Jesus is saying here if anyone should come after me like that if anyone should hotly pursue me if anyone loves me so much and my sacrifice on the cross of Calvary if anyone would pursue me like that then then what Jesus we love you man you do miracles i mean you speak, and some people are actually beginning to believe, you are the Son of God. I mean, Those disciples, they were really starting to believe that. He says, if anyone should come after me, then he must deny himself. And take up his cross. The cross of crucifixion? And follow me. Actually do what I say. Actually do all that I've commanded and, and all that I've been teaching you since I've been here. Now I want you to understand this morning. Please understand that Jesus did not say Deny yourself things. He didn't say, if you deny yourself things. He just said, deny yourself completely. It's not about you. There would be no selfish way in you. There would be no unyielding way to God that could be found in you. Because oftentimes, that's what we think Jesus meant. Or maybe that's what we'd like for him to mean. Because some of you, if you say, well, I want to follow Jesus, and I want to come to Jesus, and yes, I I want to pursue him. If anyone should come after him, I want to come after him, I want to follow Jesus, then I guess that I need to change my language. I guess I need to to quit cussing. Because if I could just clean up my foul language, but Jesus didn't say, hey, deny yourself things. If you deny yourself cuss words... Oh, I, I guess I'm going to follow him, so I need to quit abusing alcohol. I need to quit you know, using it in ways that it's not meant to be used. I, I, I need to, to stop becoming inebriated, being under the influence and, and being buzzed and all those things. And I keep drinking to, 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 to you know, wash away some problems or, or whatever. And, and so I guess then that's what I need to quit. But, but Jesus didn't say that. He didn't say deny yourself Alcohol. If anyone comes after me, he must deny himself something. I, I guess I'm going to have to give up playing golf on Sunday mornings. Maybe if I was in church just a little bit more, and, I, and, I, and I'll be there, you know, three Sundays a month instead of one, and, and maybe if that, and but that's not what Jesus said. If I want to follow Jesus, I need to quit hanging out with those people or quit going to those places. But again, Jesus didn't say that. He didn't say deny yourself something. He, he simply said deny yourself He didn't give you a bunch of rules to follow here, did he? He didn't need to if you deny yourself. He didn't need to give you a bunch of lists for you to check off things. And Jesus said this because he knew that we need to crush the me idol in our lives, and that starts by denying ourselves. The rest of these areas in life, will go well with us if we can deny ourselves. Because He is the one that needs to be on the throne of our hearts. He is number one in our lives. But to do this, you and I must experience a fundamental reorientation of what life and personal agendas are all about. Because Jesus knew some things. Jesus is not saying here that you people need to get more religious. Jesus is saying... That you people need to get crucified. Take up your cross. And follow me and do what I say. Because if you really want to follow Jesus, you have to die to self to live for him. And if we're going to fix what happened long ago in the garden, when we bought into this lie that it's all about me and what I want, we need to understand that it's not. It's not about me. And the remedy for this is so radical because the disease is so critical and everybody's infected with it to some degree. Everybody's got it. You may say, well, I'm generally a nice person and, and, and I'm not very selfish, and that's good. But probably as I've been talking this morning, someone's popped into your mind. The most selfish person that you know. The person that's all about me. All they ever talk about is me. That person's coming to your mind. But the fact is that we all have the disease a little bit. We like to center our lives not around Jesus, not around His agenda, not around what He wants for our life, but around ourselves. That's where our comfort zone is. I remember being in a, in a divorce situation several years ago. A husband and wife weren't getting along, and I met with them separately, and I could never get them in the room together. I wish I would have had that opportunity. But I remember one of the last things he said to me as he, was, he told me he was leaving his wife and children. He was going to leave them and go pursue a different life. I remember one of the last things he said to me was, I deserve to be happy. Selfish. Completely selfish. I mean, he may as well sung himself a worship song. Lord, I lift my name on high. Lord, I love to sing my praises. You remember the song, I Exalt Thee, talking about God, I Exalt Thee? He may as well sing, I Exalt Me. Because it was selfish what he did. And whether he ever really sang those songs or not, that was the music of his life was that he decided I'm going to live for myself and I don't care about anyone else. Now, I want you to I want you to consider a question this morning. Is there some part of this that could be labeled as part of the music of your life? Selfishness. Self-centeredness. If someone were to listen to the music of your life, what, what song would they be listening to? You know, for some, we make the relationships out there that make them all about me it's about me controlling things and and posturing to make it all about me all the decision making in my life is really all about me I would never consider another person Uh, I would never consider their schedule I would never consider their needs or their desires or their wants some of us have a very selfish spouse some of us have a very selfish girlfriend or boyfriend that that's why some of us have selfish friends and some of us we can't find friends because we're so selfish we go through life. I have a hard time making uh, friends because I'm I'm just so much smarter than everyone. So I'm so mature. It's like, no, you're not. You're selfish. No one wants to listen to you. And see, this idolatry comes up because this idolatry that, that's in our hearts is trying to conceal this all about me worldview because that's not the way the one that made the world views things. The Bible reveals to us that the story is about God. It's God's story, not ours. God does not exist to make much of me. I exist to make much of Him. Period. Some of us, that's a hard pill to swallow. My life is is all about me. But You and I, we were not designed to bring glory to ourselves and honor to ourselves, we were designed to bring honor and glory and praise to God. And one of the priorities in life It's for Him to reveal Himself to us to make Himself known. And then we are to go and make Him known to the world. And that means that whatever God wants needs to trump your comfort. Whatever God wants needs to trump your agenda. Whatever God wants needs to trump your personal choices and preferences. 1 Corinthians 10.31, we talked about this just within the last few weeks. says, so whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, Whatever you do, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. We would hate that verse if it said, do it all for the glory of me. But yet, that's the challenge. It's not for the glory of self, it's for the glory of God. Where there is selfishness, it seems also that there can't be harmony. If you're at a place in your life and you're like, man, I have no peace. I can't settle for anything. I have no, no rest in my life. And, and there's just this constant agitation. Maybe it's between yourself and some other people in your life. There can't be harmony where there's selfishness. There where there's selfishness, you'll find no peace. Have you ever been around those people who worship the me idol pretty openly? Like they like to talk about themselves and they're constantly trying to, you know, one up somebody. I I have a video that talks about this. I want you to to watch this uh, illustration about this.
1: I'm actually kind of quiet off stage, a lot of people don't realize that. I was at a dinner party recently, a bunch of people that I don't know, one guy talking plenty for everybody, and then me, myself, right, and then I, and then myself, right, me, me, I couldn't tell this one about I, because I was talking about myself, and then me, 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 me! me, me, me. Wear the me monster. So I tried to jump in with a little story. I don't want to just sit there the whole night. Right when I'm done with my story, this guy goes, That ain't nothing. <laughs> oh, well. Didn't mean to waste everybody's time. <laughs> Telling my nothing story. Here, let Marco Polo speak. He's back with tales of adventure. ain't nothing maybe it wasn't because I made the mistake of trying to tell a story about having only two wisdom teeth pulled and I learned a lesson don't ever try to tell a two wisdom tooth story because you ain't going nowhere the four wisdom teeth people are going to parachute in and cut you off at the pass halt, halt with your two wisdom tooth tail you will never complete one trust me trying to tell my story you know I had some wisdom teeth pulled I had um I had two I had four pulled oh
2: okay
1: no five no nine I had nine wisdom teeth pulled all of mine were impacted they were all coming upside down the roots were up around my tongue coming out my nose they were tusks I was a warthog no anesthesia they pulled them out with pliers I was eating corn in the cob that afternoon pin the blue ribbon upon his chest. That knocks the socks off of my wisdom tooth tail. Why do people need to top other people? I've never understood it, and I see it all the time. Obviously, people get something out of it. At best, people wait for your lips to stop. Yeah, as soon as...
3: Okay,
1: yeah, you, me! You, me! You see the difference? You see, you see that? Now I do. What is it about the human condition people get something out of that? That's why I have a social fantasy. I wish I was one of the 12 astronauts who have been on our moon. They must love knowing they can be anybody's story. Whenever they want. They can sit back quietly at a dinner party while some other person, some me monster's doing his thing, and let him go. Let him run with the line while you be quiet. Oh, really no. <laughs> I didn't have his moment yeah I'm a big traveler I have my business I got my own global enterprise I got to check it. you know driving in the Autobahn because I keep a fleet of sports cars over in Zurich and I get a Swiss account there got I check it Mount Kilimanjurks but as you might have to cancel that you know runways and aspirin are a lot shorter the first time you go in there you know you have know, that Pacific Rim company going to try to take that over And global enterprise <laughs> <laughs> I walked on the moon. (laughs) Well, you have the floor, moonwalker. (laughs) You know, you mentioned driving on the Autobahn, that reminded me. Once I was driving in the sea of tranquility. (laughs) In my lunar rover. And I, too, was worried about our speed till I remembered, wait, we're the only ones on the moon.
0: Why do we do that? What's up with that, that we try to top one another? And and you know, that's that's really funny because it's really true. There's some people you get in a conversation with and that's all they can talk about. They will never ask you how you're doing. They don't want to hear about you or your family or your situation or what you're going through. All they can do is talk about themselves and it's because they've bought into the worship of making themselves the center of the universe and they're worshiping this idol called me. And they're drawing attention into themselves because they want to make much of themselves. But let me offer you the remedy for the me idol worshiper that struggles with selfishness in their life. Because there is hope through Jesus Christ. In Mark chapter 12, verse 30. So if you're in Mark uh, 8.34, just turn over just a couple pages. Mark 12.30, this is what it says. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And if you love Him with everything, with all of those parts, then I'm thinking, you can't worship the me idol anymore. Instead, you're going to turn your attention to the Son of God and the the, the God of the universe. What is this verse really saying to us? How can we love Him with all? You know, the word all is this word in the Greek halos. And it means to be whole or complete. All. Everything. Whole and complete. And isn't that really what we want in life? Isn't that really what we're after? What we're trying to pursue our whole life? We want to feel whole. We want to feel satisfied. We want to feel complete. And when we worship the me idol, it only satisfies for like a minute or maybe an hour or maybe a day or two, but then it leaves us feeling empty again. Because we weren't designed, we weren't created by God to just worship and make ourselves the main thing in our life. And yet this is something that we fight our whole life. I even think of, of children that fight this. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. You can see in your kids at a very long, young age. That they are all about me. But the remedy is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. All, everything, the halas. The first part it talks about there is the halaskardia. cardia with all of your heart. And it means that your heart is the center. It gives us this idea, this word, that, that it's the center and the seat of your life. And, and how do we fight this is we make Him the main thing. He's the main thing in my life. He is the center of everything. And all the decisions I make, and all of the choices that I make, and all the directional pathways in my life is all about Him because He's the main thing. Thing. The next part, it talks about halas suhe, is how you pronounce that in the Greek, Halas suhe, all of your soul. That word soul really means breath, and it's the breath representing life itself, but it also means the seat of feelings, desires, affections, and aversions in our life. And so if we love Him with all of our soul, then we're giving Him all of our affections and all of our desires are now not going to be about what I want, but they're going to be about what He wants. And so we get into the Word even more, and we read more of what God says to us, and we find that we now desire the things that He desires, and it makes for a much better life. Complete whole. Halas. But it goes into the third thing. All of your mind. Halas. the Halas deanoia. And it means the mind is the faculty and the center of understanding and feelings and desiring. And so we make our thoughts His thoughts. We make our ways His ways. Your thoughts and your understanding are now surrendered to Jesus Christ. So He's the main thing. All of our desires and affections are about Him. All of our thoughts and our understandings about life are based on Him. And then we get to the fourth one. All your strength. Halas isos. Halas ishos. And it means ability, force, strength, and might. That now, all of your ability and all of your might would be focused and turned toward Christ. And if we can do that, if we can find a way to surrender ourselves and to live for Christ in this way, we will be halas. We will be whole. We will be complete. We will love Him with all. And if you're here this morning and you say, you know what, I'd like more peace. I'd like more satisfaction. I would love to feel whole. And I would love to feel complete in my life. Then I'm going to say, give God halas. Give Him everything. Make Him your everything. Because God does not exist to make much of me. I exist to make much of Him. And Jesus knows that we have to smash the me idol. We can't just tuck it away. We can't just just throw it away. It's something we have to smash it. We have to defeat the me monster in our lives. And, and Jesus, He wants to sit on the throne of our heart and help you become whole and help you become complete with every decision that you make. But you are the one that gives Him that place. You are the one that names Him your Master, your Savior, and your Lord. It's a choice that you have to make. We prepared a a skit this morning. I want you to watch this skit because I think it just represents this point so very well.
3: I have decided to give you this.
2: Wow, Maddie, this is is incredible. You know, whoever sits here makes all the decisions.
3: Right, Jesus, and you make all the perfect decisions, so this is going to be my last one.
2: Wow, this, I'm honored. This is great.
3: Maddie, guess what? My new credit card came in today. Let's go shopping. Um, didn't your dad get that for emergencies only? Yeah, but he doesn't have to know. Let's go. No. No. Why? Uh, uh. I mean, I don't know. I'm gonna have to check my schedule and get back to you. Okay, just let me know.
2: Um, uh, Maddie, what's ha- what's happening here? What do you mean? Well, I mean, I'm kind of one cheek in it. I- oh. Right, right,
3: Jesus, I'm so sorry, it's yours.
2: Okay, I mean, we're on the same page, I make all the decisions, right? Right. Okay, okay, well, let's just start over, let's just start over. Uh, Maddie, I've noticed you've been losing your temper a lot recently. Right,
3: Jesus, I know exactly what you're talking about, okay, but you just don't understand the full situation. Okay,
2: sure, I mean, I know you're under a lot of pressure. Pressure,
3: Jesus, you don't understand pressure. I have a lot going on right now.
2: Okay, okay, Uh, Maddie, 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 this, this is not working. What do you mean? I mean that either you sit on the stool or I sit on the stool. We both can't sit on the stool.
3: Right, Jesus. I know. It's just, it's so hard. I didn't think it would be this hard. Here, just take it.
2: Maddie, I can't, I can't take it. You have to give it to me.
3: Here, I'm giving it to you.
2: No, Maddie, you have to make a choice. I can't. You just did. Can you relate to that?
0: Jesus wants to be the one that's the decision maker. He wants to be the center. He wants you to worship Him and have no other idols before Him and not even yourself. And yet it seems like we give Him that place and we're constantly trying to take it back, aren't we? For some of us, maybe we've never, never made that choice. We've never actually put Him on the throne, really. And yet that's what He wants. And if you want to find wholeness and completeness in your life, and you want to have a relationship with God that is full and that is meaningful, then you have to let Him sit on the stool. You have to let Him be the one that is the center, that's the primary decision maker. And all of your life revolves around Him being on there. And we we give up, we surrender our tendency to want to take it back. And I'm not going to lie to you this morning and say, hey, you know, man, I'm, I'm pastor, so I've done this perfectly my whole life. I've never, ever wanted to, to take that back and, and be in charge and make it about me. It's a daily decision we make to follow Him. It's a daily decision that we make to say, you know what, my life is not going to be about just me. My life is going to be about Him. And I want to be fully devoted not to my agenda, but to His. I want to be fully devoted not to me being the Savior of my life in some weird way, but He is. And I'm going to reflect Christ in all that I say and do. I'm going to quit worshiping my agenda and my plans for my life and all of those things, and I'm going to completely focus on God and really give myself up to him and that's the struggle and if you want to smash the me idol in your life today then you've got to surrender the decision making and the center and the driver of your life to him